five four three two one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. We're going to start off with a little fun, as always. Uh, Barber, and I love the way they fit their like their guarantee into the into this Santa video, but it's it's their commercial. It's a little bit long. We may try to compress it a bit, but let's give it a ride and see how it goes. Dear Father Christmas, I want a new bike. <laughs> and this one, a new games console. And this, a bit of... Hello? This is different. Dear Father Christmas... Please help me. Our poppy chewed my dad's most favourite jacket, and he's really upset. It's like he treasures it. It was his dad's before him, and that makes it a heirloom, whatever that is. Instead of a present for me, please can you mend my dad's jacket? Crumbs. Well, he doesn't what? want to mend the jacket. No! Oh, just blooming old Father Christmas, that's me. <laughs> but he wants What's to help to the do, kid. Dog? He wants to help What's to do? Aha! I know just the people. He's going to go down to the store. Oh, dogs. Don't you just love them? Oh, but can you mend it? Of course we can. This won't be the first heirloom jacket we've repaired. We'll give it a rewax too. All part of the service. Blooming marvellous. And then the dad In gets his the jacket. jacket. His best Christmas present ever. <laughs> I mean, how did you manage to fix it? It looks like new. <laughs> Except it's old, Dad. Old faithful, more like. And it'll be yours to look after one day, son. Hmm. With a bit of help from my friends. All right. So anyway, the dog, the dog, sorry, sends a note to Santa. Anyway, so uh, apparently, Barber, uh, apparently there actually was this story. Now I see that. I'm sorry. Christmas 2012, 2012. There's a picture of the little dog and the jacket, torn jacket. And so someone actually had a puppy that destroyed this barber jacket. And apparently it's like a wool with a wax finish on it. So it's waterproof and it's darn near indestructible, but the puppy ate it. And you can send these back to Barber and get them fixed. It sounds a lot like L.L. Bean, an L.L. Bean story, and so I really liked it. And what a great story for Christmas. So anyway, let's go over to the PDFs. we got a couple of stories for you over here. And um, i got to find the PDF. Okay, I'm in the middle of looking that one over. Okay, R.R. Donnelly. I saw, uh, I got a like from someone at R.R. Donnelly yesterday. So that was great. R.R. Donnelly has announced a, uh, a vaccination distribution toolkit. And um, this was from a German publication, Finanzen.net GmbH. And uh, they're promoting it to healthcare providers, government agencies, retail pharmacies, and large enterprise organizations. It may be a global promotion. But anyway, they're saying that, that 80% of physicians are saying that that people have concerns about the safety. I saw it may be fake news, but I saw a thing about how you know only a couple of people got their faces paralyzed. <laughs> I don't know. Not that you use your face much, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> I have no idea verifying that. It just, it just ran across it this morning. Um, so there's a lot of news out there that makes people concerned. I think it's right, always right to be concerned. Um, but their vaccination distribution toolkit provides turnkey support in three key areas. Vaccine awareness, a direct mail campaign. And this is, of course, why I liked it. Direct mail campaigns. Uh, also, digital communications, employee training materials, content, and creative translations. So it looks like it is available for multiple languages. Um, there's also clinician and retailer operational needs, signage and uh, wayfinding, prep kits, temperature labels, etc., and also care kits, proof of vaccination, second dose reminders. So um, I think that it's interesting, though, that it's distributed through direct mail and it is uh, high value, I think, for customers. So, um, again, mail is at the forefront when you really want to get people's attention. Postcard Mania announced an amazing uh, enhancement to their, to their regular services. They're going to integrate YouTube and Gmail ads <coughs> to, the, to their existing digital offerings. What that means is that a small business can create a postcard campaign and also create a digital ad that uh, may land making the consumer more aware of that mail promotion. Um, I know there are other vendors that do this um, at scale, uh, but I think that Postcard Mania is the first one to let smaller runs uh, incorporate this. Very, very powerful tool because you can either think of it as adding digital to mail, which is what Postcard Mania is doing, or you can think of it as adding mail to digital if you're already doing uh, Google Ads or in the Google Ad Network. And not everybody knows, I think especially small business doesn't realize that um, that you can take address addresses and you can upload those to Google Ad Network and Facebook and you can notify your customers by digital ad often to their uh, to their smartphone. Uh, with a timing queue, <clears throat> but the street address can connect to digital. So again, as I was saying yesterday, and we'll keep saying, the the street address and the mail can drive digital in a way that the opposite is not true. You know, just because you have an email address doesn't mean you have a physical address. And I've tried to append them backwards that way, and it doesn't work very well at all. I can tell you. It's very difficult to go from digital to mail. This will let you do that, but uh, or it may. But I would also recommend connecting and collecting your uh, regular street addresses from your customers. Uh, this was a really interesting one. This, this could be really disruptive. Stripe, which we use to take our payments on uh, ISSM and, and WDMA, um, is is basically partnering with banks to let small merchants offer financial services to their customers. It's not just about taking payments. Um, Stripe noticed, and I have, I've noticed that too. I went to, to set up an account for WDMA. And first thing they said was, well, you need a corporate account. Second thing they said, you need uh, an e 
PF, a federal ID, you know, that kind of thing. I have all that stuff uh, for Miglash Marketing, but WDMA is a pretty small enterprise. We're just start, you know, we're just doing more and more and more, and we can go get it anytime we want. But um, Stripe let us integrate credit card with our website, with the WDMA website, without any of that stuff, and it goes into a, a, an account that we had. Um, whereas our bank was really a pain in the neck. Would not, you know, they were just, they were, oh, federal regulations, and you have to come in, and it's $800 for us to do any of this stuff. And so I'm really curious to see what, what Stripe comes up with. Um, and it may help us out personally, but for you merchants, um, yes, banking, corporate banking is a joke. <clears throat> and um, it may allow you to connect your customers so that they can transfer funds between each other, um, pay in a very, very quick and easy way, don't need fax machines, etc. Especially if you're a B2B uh, and you want to offer this stuff. Um, Anderson Horowitz <clears throat> says embedding finance for software-as-a-service companies can increase revenue two to five times per customer, improve your margins, etc. You can even build your own lending services. Whoa. <clears throat> it won't be long, they say, until people will say, wait, don't you use Stripe? Well, we'll see. <clears throat> okay, here's an interesting article that I really wanted to take a few minutes on. Um, five ways marketers are preparing for third-party cookie depreciation. And I don't really know the best answer, so I thought I would would cite this article by Loach Rose, uh, or it could be Loch, Loch Rose, uh, Chief Analysis Officer at Epsilon. Okay, And Epsilon did a study and said, how are you preparing, marketers? And 63% said they were building a customer data platform. Now, we've been doing those since, um, you know, the, the first one we, we did was with More Business Products, a Canadian company that had a U.S. base. Um, the second one we did, the second major one we did was Hudson Bay Company, which had 250 million transactions, about 15 million customers, and two different store chains that were not integrated uh, in their database. We combined the two, and, uh, and we did it on a, on one of the first five Pentiums that NCR produced in this in the world, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a nightmare. We had one gig drives. I remember when a one gig drive was the biggest thing you could buy, and it was available for a PC before it was available for the ES9000 for the IBM mainframes. Uh, that was a big switch in the computer hardware business, and we were able to chomp through those 250 million transactions and build a customer transaction-based uh, perspective. Well, of course, now any, anybody can do it. Well, it's not quite so simple as people think, and that was one of the points that was made in this article, is that everybody wants a single view of their customers, but oftentimes, you know, the data formats are different, the addresses don't match, there might be multiple countries, there might be multiple servers that only connect with cookies that's what happened with um, eTrade <laughs> eTrade had four servers and they connected you so you could go to look at other services while you were online but once you hung up from their main server the connection with you disappeared so we didn't know what you did even within their own architecture <laughs> and they wanted us to glue it all together 
Oh, yes, right. We've had some adventures. Anyway, it's not so easy as you think. Um, but if you'd like some help with that, again, we've only built about 100 of them and, uh, and for all different platforms. Probably more than 100. But anyway, happy to help. Would love to hear about your, your strategy. Okay, the second thing is going to first-party data. But few of us have enough data, online tracking data. You know, the reason we went to third party was so that we could watch what you did while you were traveling around, not on our site. That was the key to third party. And um, the next best thing is probably going to be publishers. Publishers are going to, you know, be able to, to track you. You can also maybe do the Facebook or Google and watch the tracking go on that. But all of them have their strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's what is the point of this article and by Loch. And uh, if, you, if you go on WDMA and subscribe, you can every day you can get the show notes with all the highlights. And I think that might be a better way to do this, to digest this. Um, it says, building out a private ID, it's good intentions, but few brands are in a position to do it right. On our last uh, major database with Hamaker Schlemmer, we they let we you know we were in the middle we were doing an a analytics platform in between epsilon and experian uh a long story <laughs> experian handled there and then we went and then they went to pdx so we were we were dancing among the giants and uh and i think epsilon you know worked pretty well i think they did a pretty good job of customer identity um, it's really complicated. It's a lot more complicated than people understand. And um, so uh, contextual strategies, if you're a little company, that might make sense. In other words, if you're selling fly, fly fishing supplies, you might want to might rent fly fishermen or work with fly fishermen or work with Orvis or work with companies that, you know, work up deals in your industry. And, you know, I've done that for years where uh, companies that never rented their list would come to me and say, we would like to rent this other guy's list uh, and we'll let them use ours. And you can build little abacus-like structures. You can build those for yourself, for your industry. It's not that hard. It's, you know, again, get in touch with somebody who's done it. And oftentimes it can work way better than those because they're not very careful about customer categories, about purchase categories. They have their generic ones, which probably don't work for you, not work very well. And so getting some partnerships going in this regard is a really powerful way to accomplish similar things that are much more tailored to your, to your particular needs. Okay? Um, but work with the publishers. That's an excellent idea. Work with the publishers. There's always ways to work together. The publishers need help. They need revenue. They, there's a lot of things you can do. This was interesting. I don't really understand a data clean room, but I believe that this is similar to what we're talking about. And almost nobody's doing it. Not enough marketers are moving in this direction. Where you can share advertising information web search, web browser, where are you going, what are you looking at kind of data within a within 
a safe environment that protects user privacy. Um, again, go to WDMA.org for the show notes. They'll be up in a couple hours. And every day, if you just subscribe, it's free, 100% free. Subscribe to WDMA.org and you will get uh, access to the show notes every day. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited about that. It's, it's a really handy way for me to distribute this marked up information on some really great articles. So prepare for third party. You're probably using them. It's funny. I did a cookie search on WDMA and it turned out there are cookies coming off third party cookies on WDMA. I don't remember when I did them. I'm not using them. But this stuff's all over. It's probably inside your website, and you may not even realize it. You may not even know that the third-party cookies are spying on your people. So we'll do our best to turn all that stuff off. But luckily, the browsers are turning it off for us. So Merry Christmas. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.